this or I'm, it's just going to stay in my suitcase. But if I'm going to be there for a few days, I'll pull the stuff out, put it so it's easier to access. So when these people are traveling through the desert and they come to the Jordan River and they pitch their tents and they're there for a while, I don't know how long they were there before God says, now's the time. But you start unpacking and getting stuff out and you, know, you're, you have certain priorities, they're different. And so what happens is the command comes, get your provisions ready, get ready, we're going to move. Your priorities shift, don't they? You start getting things ready. If, if you're in a hotel room, you start packing, you line everything up, you look under the bed. Well, you can't look under... Most times you can't look under the bed. They're blocked now. They've learned. It took them many years, but they finally figured that out. Uh, but you check everywhere, see if you got everything. So the second thing that we need to do when we're ready at the end of our promises is that we have to look at our priorities. Look at our priorities. Now, here's the problem. At least... For some of us, it's a problem. Our priorities aren't always God's priorities, and our time is not always God's time. So here's the question for you today. Have you ever come to God and said, God, I want you to look at my time, how I spend my time. Is there anything that I need to change? And God, look at my priorities and see if there's anything in my priorities that I need to change. I don't know if you've ever done that. I'd suggest you do that every once in a while. What am I doing with my time? How do I spend my time? What am I engaged in? What am I involved in? Do you understand that that can be a very important thing? Now, I know that there are, the point to this is that God said, now we're going to move, get ready, here we go. But what I'm doing with my time now is probably going to predetermine how quickly now comes. You understand what I'm saying? So I need to ask the Lord, what is it that you want me to be doing so I am preparing as best I can for the entering into my promise that you have for me? Show me. But you know what that means. We're going to talk about this word in a little bit. To ask God that, is to submit to him. To ask him that is to give up control. To ask him to set the priorities is to say, I'm okay with you being the boss. (laughs) Priorities are the same too. What do you want me to focus on? Listen, I can find a lot of things to occupy my time that I really enjoy. Do they benefit me? Are they advancing me along the process in the process that God's called me to? God is not a dictator. He knows that we need to have fun. Matter of fact, I have a feeling that God laughs a lot more than we do. Am I allowed to say that in church? (laughs) I think he laughs a lot more than we do because he doesn't worry about anything. He doesn't have burdens pressing in on him because he's, he sees everything and he knows exactly what he's doing and nothing takes him by surprise. And he's humored by a lot of things. <laughs> but priorities, priorities. How do you establish his priorities in your life? I, do you want God to establish his priorities in your life? 
You know, there's things that we know we're supposed to do and we don't. One of those things is just reading the Word. We can't, we can't really know God if we don't know the Word. We've got to be in the Word. We've got to read the Bible. We've got to read the Bible. I, actually, I heard that if you want to read through the Bible, if you read the Bible one hour a day, one hour a day, you read the Bible, you start in the beginning, read one hour every day, it'll take you three to four months to get through it. Well, that's not so bad, is it? If you spend 20 minutes a day reading the Bible, it'll take you a year. That's not so bad, is it? Well, how much time do we spend reading the Bible? I told you a story a long time ago. I repeat every once in a while. How did I got God? I got God. Listen to that. How do you like that one? I got God to make me read my Bible every day. I was, ha- was, I was about 19 years old, and I wanted to be consistent in reading my Bible every day. And I said, God, make, I, I'm giving you permission. See, I, you can do this. He'll take you up on it. He will. He did me. I said, make me read my Bible every day. I should have I thought before I did that. I should have thought before I did that, but you never know. He, he, he really is Jehovah Sneaky. He knows how to use whatever it is in your life to bring him. I had a car that would, every time I didn't read my Bible, the car would stop. It just quit. It was an MG midget, had an electric fuel pump, and the fuel pump would stop, and I'd sit by the road. And it happened, and, and I would have to, I'd, I'd jack the car up, take the back wheel off, take the fuel pump out, play with it a little bit, stick it back in, drive off, and go, I didn't read my Bible today, you dope. You know, I used to talk to myself that way. I don't anymore, but I, <laughs> I used to talk. So anyway, I gave him per- permission to make me read my Bible. So it got to the point where I would be on my way out the back door, ready to go to work, and I'd see the car sitting there. And I'd turn around and go back in the house and read at least a little bit of the Bible before I went to work. I was late, but at least my car didn't break down. And I'm telling you, it didn't. You know what? I was so tricky with God, I even replaced the fuel pump. And that one didn't work. So anyway. (laughs) Shoo. Timing is very important. And being prepared, preparing provisions, the ten virgins that were waiting for the bridegroom, and they didn't. Five of them had oil, and five of them had plenty of oil. Five of them had oil, five of them didn't. Not enough. And so five were able to enter in, and the other five didn't. They missed it. Why? Because they weren't prepared. We need to be prepared. And so, heard this a long time ago, where you know we have dreams and hopes and we pray and we ask God for different things and we say God I want, I want to see you do this in my life I want to see you do this in my life and we have this list of things that we want and we prayer requests you know. and you know what God's looking for I mean he he knows our needs but he doesn't want us to bring our list to him you know what he wants to do he wants us to bring a paper that's blank and say God I'm going to sign the bottom you fill it out And there was silence in the room. There's a difference, isn't there? The issue, the issue really is the whole concept of who is in control of your life. And are you willing to let God be in control? Are you willing to submit to his lordship and his leadership? 
See, moving into the promises of God are on his terms, not our terms. And it's not because he's a dictator. You understand that everything he does, he does out of love. And so his, see, his thoughts toward us are the absolute best. Absolute best. And so in order for us to get the absolute best, this is the way you do it. And if you follow me, I'll lead you to give you the absolute best. But we don't always see that. So we think, what are you doing? I, it can't, the promises, the things that I want are not this direction, they're this direction. God, I think you're lost. I'm going to help you out. I'm going to go this way. It doesn't work, does it? It doesn't work. <clears throat> okay. So then we come to verse 12. Let's read this. This is a whole other subject in this whole process. And it talks about the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. Let me just explain that for a minute. When the Israelites under Moses were coming close to the time of entering the land, and they're getting close to the Jordan River, there were two nations that came against them and fought them. And one nation came against them, Israel defeated them and took over their land. There were cities and there was property and there was all kinds of land. They took over that land. Then another one came and fought against them. And they defeated them and they captured their city and their territory and their land. And the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh said to Moses, man, this land is perfect for us. We have livestock. Let us build stalls and rebuild the cities and let our people inhabit this land, and you guys can have the stuff over on the other side of the, of the river. And Moses said, that's fine, but when it comes time to, to conquer the land, you two and a half tribes have to go with the rest of them so they get their inheritance. And so that's what happens here. To the Reubenites, the Gadites, the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua spoke, saying, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is giving you rest and is giving you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. But you shall pass before your brethren armed all your mighty men of valor and help them until the Lord has given your brethren rest as he gave you. And they also have taken possession of the land which the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses the Lord's servant gave you on this side of the Jordan. Toward the sunrise. So they answered Joshua, saying, All that you command us, we will do. So here's the point. Okay? This is all part of entering into the promise. And 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 we miss this or we don't quite understand this, but part of entering into your promise is helping somebody else get theirs. How are we oriented? Me, 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 me. Aren't we? Ah, come on. And the point here is that, and it's the kingdom of God. It's the kingdom of God. It's the way his kingdom works. It's because he's sovereign. It's because of his love that we need to understand that us entering into our promise is helping others get theirs. That needs to be our mentality. That's kind of what we're doing with body life. This body life thing is praying for one another for whatever God wants 
to do in your life out in the community or whatever your passion is in serving God. Let us, let us pray into that, sow into that. Let us help you. Let us find ways to, to prop you up so that you become everything that God's called you to be. Now, sometimes it's really, really easy to encourage people that are fun to be around and nice, right? Isn't that right? What do you do with difficult people? How do you help them enter into their promise? You let them on their own, right? Let them on their own. I don't even want to go there. We listened to a teaching on Wednesday night from Graham Cook in our prophetic training. We talked about difficult people. And he said, actually, God gives you difficult people to give you shortcuts. <laughs> or or um, difficult people, they're the opportunity that if you love them the way God loves them, it will bring you to maturity much quicker than anything else. So do you understand in your life there are difficult people? And if you will submit yourselves to God and find ways to encourage them, to bring them and whoever else is around them into their promises, it's going to be an advancement for you. It's going to speed up your process. What do we do with difficult people? We avoid them. We run away from I want to tell you that our natural reaction to most things is usually the opposite of what God wants us to do. Right? Somebody is nasty to you, you're nasty back. You want revenge. You want them to pay. You want them whatever. And God says, if somebody hits you on the cheek, turn the other cheek. Those that curse you, bless them. Those that mistreat you, love them. That's the kingdom. And so, just, take, just you know, maybe this afternoon, maybe there's somebody that's already come to your mind. And, and that wasn't the situation here, but, the, but the, the point is, helping other people enter into their promise will speed up you entering into your promise. So the more difficult the situation is to, to be encouraging in that, the greater advantage you have. See, we need to understand, think, understand and think in terms of leverage in the kingdom of God. Leverage. The harder a situation is, the more spiritual leverage there is if we take advantage of it. That's what God wants us to do. So that we, and here's what he wants. Can I even say this? Are you ready for this? Yes. <laughs> he wants his people to so be so bought in to his program, I don't mean to say it that way, into his love and to his kingdom that when we see a difficult situation, we don't run from it, we run to it. Do you understand the kind of confidence that God wants to build in us? It's the kind of confidence that he has. Because what Jesus did is he ran, well, he didn't run, but he came to people who needed help. He didn't run from the people that were demonically oppressed he went right to them and, and set them free. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't back away. Okay. And that's what God wants for us. And so when we, we are confronted with difficulties, it's not, it's not because, oh, the enemy. That's the first thing we say. 
Isn't it? Whenever something bad happens, oh, the enemy, stop it! <laughs> Please, God, God, God is giving you that opportunity. God is giving you, look at what he's doing. It's leverage. It's leverage to bring about a greater good, to, to, to bring about, for me, a bigger step in the advancement of my, of my growth and maturity in him. It's not a negative. Stop thinking about it as a negative. It's, it's a huge opportunity. Did I emphasize that enough? Then we come to this, Galatians chapter 6, verse 2 and following. I love this about the Bible. God is just, he's just, he's clever and he's like, he loves us to scratch our heads. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load. So verse 2 says, bear one another's burdens. And verse 5 says, for each one shall bear his own load. So what is it? You all looking at, like, does it really say that? Do you think I changed the words? Look in your Bible and see if it's not the same. Bear one another's burdens, and each one shall bear his own load. <laughs> so it's both. You know, we, we did hear teaching one time. It's not yes and no, it's both. There's so many things. There's this dynamic tension so many times and so many different things in Scripture. It's not yes and no, it's both. There's, and sometimes it depends on the situation, but let me explain this. As I understand it, every one of us is responsible for our own lives. And we're responsible for bearing our own load, carrying our own weight. That's what God calls us to do, to be responsible. Every once in a while, doesn't happen to everybody, doesn't happen all the time, somebody's burden becomes overwhelming. And we need to help them bear their burden until they get back on their feet. Okay? That's all that means. And so when I come up to those opportunities, when we come up to those opportunities, we need to help. We need to bear. That's part of our responsibility. It's part of being in the kingdom. It's helping somebody else get theirs. However, I don't feel guilty when somebody's not bearing their own load and is always asking for help. I go, wait a minute. This is not a one-sided proposition here, <laughs> right? And so it really takes wisdom from God to know the difference and to know when somebody's really trying. I can't tell you how many times people... I leave the door unlocked. Maybe I shouldn't tell you that. You'll come and mug me someday. No. <laughs> I leave the door unlocked, and every once in a while somebody comes to the church looking for money that I don't know. And they'll come and say, oh, I'm, I have this problem, and I got kids, and the we don't have this, and they're telling me all this stuff. I'm, can you spare me a couple bucks? And I'll tell you what I've learned to do. I don't give them money anymore. I say, come back Sunday, and, I'll, and, and we can give you some money. Because I want a commitment on their part that they're going to take some steps to bear a little bit of their own burden. 
Because I've been scammed too many times. <laughs> give them a little bit and say, come back on Sunday, I'll give you more, and they never show up again, or you never see them again. And it's just a matter of... And people come to churches because they know the churches are soft toward that. We help people who we see, who we have relationship with, who we know. That doesn't mean that we're uncaring. There are times when we'll give if the Lord impresses us to give, but most of the time we're careful about that. But anyway, I just wanted to point that out, that, the, that, um, that it's important that we help one another. It's important that we help one another. And it's important that we help each other get to the promises that God has for us. There's one other thing in this passage. Well, it's actually in chapter 3 that I had, but we're not going to get into it because it'll take us too long because I already talked too much. But um, No, I didn't. I talked just right. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> but I want you to think about, do you really want what God has for you? Are you willing to ask him to prioritize your time and your priorities, to get them in line? Are you willing to take him your time and say, God? See, some people are afraid to do that because they think they won't, have, they won't be able to make any decisions for themselves about their time, and like he'll just he'll hog the whole thing. I spend Wednesdays with my youngest granddaughter. Well, not my youngest granddaughter, but Travis and Sarah's little girl, Eve. It's not my time. It's whatever she wants. God's not like that. <laughs> no, she's, she's not that bad. If I want to do something, I say, yeah, we're doing this, and she's okay. But boy, if I let her, she'd run the whole day. <laughs> she'd run the whole day, and it's a blast. I'll tell you what, I love it. It's a blast. But anyway... Some of us are afraid that if we gave God permission, he would take advantage of us. He doesn't act that way. He loves us with a love that is over the top. And his heart's longing and yearning for us is to move us into a place where he can bless us even more. And some of us are delaying the blessing of God in our lives because we're not willing to submit our time and our priorities to Him. Because life has to be lived on our terms, not His terms. And so the question is, where do you stand in that realm? And maybe there was a time in your life when you actually dealt with those things, but it might be time to renew it. It might be time to go back and revisit that and say, God, what do you think? What do you think? How am I doing? So I have so many things to do. I heard somebody, I had a preacher say this one time, a fellow that I really respect. 
he was in ministry, he was pastoring, he was busy. And the Lord came to him and said, I want you to spend more time with me. He said, Lord, I don't have any more time. I, have, I don't have any more time. I don't know how I'm going to do that. How can I spend more time with you? I have all these things to do. The Lord said to him, if you will spend this much time, and he gave him a number, actually gave him a number, if you will spend this much time with me every day, I will help you do all those other things yes. in much less time. Yes. Because in my economy, the priority is me, not those things. Now, I'm not saying that that's for all of you. That doesn't mean that you, know, you don't have to go to work anymore and just spend the day with the Lord and everything's going to be wonderful. It has to do with your relationship with the Lord and what is he telling you. The only point is that if we come to him and say, okay, I'm, here, take it. Here, Lord, here's, write down what you want. Write, write, uh, write down what you want. Uh, and we're afraid to give it to him. He is more than gracious to help us walk through that process, to get us on a track that will take us to where we want to go, where he wants to go, and he can be trusted. So my encouragement to you this morning is maybe you need to revisit those two things, your time and your priorities. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to enter into the promises. We want to enter, enter into our promised land.